another episode of Full Court Press. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and we got a very fun episode lined up tonight. We're going old school, just me and my man, Jawan Carter. We're going to fucking roll it out. We're going to go on some rants. We're going to do it all tonight. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. What up, Jawan? What's going on? I'm excited, man. I'm really hyped. I'm glad it's just it's intimate, so it's just me and you. So, like, the random yeah. stuff won't bother people because it's just me and you. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. I'm excited. They won't, like, it, it, they're not going to, like, take up too much time, and then everybody's like, fuck, we got to get to the next topic. Like, no, like, let the rants <laughs> fly tonight, baby. I love it. Let them fly. Um, that's right. Uh, but, yeah, let's let's jump into these topics, man. We got a lot of good topics to talk about tonight. Um, we're going to start with – uh, one that uh, when it happened about a week ago, you were like, guys, we have got to talk about this. This is one that you like, it's very rare that you're like, this is something we have to talk about. Um, but this was one that you were adamant. You like wanted to like talk about and get out there how you feel about this. So Kevin Durant, after not speaking with the media for several days, uh, following the Porzingis trade, for maybe obvious reasons, uh, he came out and he finally talked to the media. And dude, they're just fucking firing shots at the press, like just like talking all kinds of shit to everybody, like talking shit, um, basically, you know, to to a particular reporter who who wrote an article that he wasn't too keen on. Um, and you know he, you know he basically was like, "Who are you? Like, you know, like why I gotta talk to you? Um, like all of this different stuff, man." And um, you know, I mean, it, it, I can somewhat see where he's coming from, but at the same time, it's like, bro, you make fucking thirty million dollars a year to play basketball and to talk to the press. Like that's kind of part of the deal here. Like. Like, I know you just want to play basketball, but, like, you don't get paid $30 million to just play basketball. There's way more that comes along with it. Um, but, you know, don't – let me not belabor this point. Let me hand it over to you so you can take the reins on this one because uh, I know this is one that got you a little heated. Yeah, um, it, it mainly got me heated. Uh, let me start by saying this. I get it. As a player, your focus is on the here and now. Um, So you don't really like people asking you about, hey, so when are you going to leave this team? Or have you thought about leaving this team? (laughs) So I I get that. I I do. But only world. Well, let me not say sports is the only one. I guess musicians also. But mainly sports is the only world where you are allowed to disrespect someone for purely doing their job. Um, and it's one of those things to where it's like if you've ever worked in, um, excuse me, if you ever worked in retail, the biggest thing you know you get from customers is they don't care that you have nothing to do with, you know, what's going on and what the company is doing. All you're there to do is ring them up or help them find what they're looking for. So getting all right. that negativity when you're only doing your job, like I can't control, like he was saying, like, Kristaps getting traded has nothing to do with me. So I get the frustration of being asked stuff that has nothing to do with Warriors basketball. 
But sure. the thing that bothered me was his was his the way he spoke to the media that uh, I don't know if it was that day or that night, whatever. Um, it to me was just very not only offensive but borderline disrespectful. And all I kept saying to myself was very condescending. And all I kept thinking to myself was the question was not it was not out of bounds. Like they didn't ask you something personal that you didn't really want getting out. All the guy really asked was like, you know, did you did you see anything with, with like KP or you know, are you giving any thought about, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, of course, um, free agency and stuff like that. The thing is, what I want Kevin Durant to understand, you are the Golden State Warriors who are working on a three-peat. If I'm the media, the last thing I care about is your regular season. So I'm not going to ask you about right. your regular season. You're already the prohibited favorites to win the, you know, the finals again. I don't Absolutely. care about a basketball game on a Wednesday in January right. or in February, whatever this was. So my questions are yeah. going to be what people who tune into my website or my newspaper are going to want to read, and that's about your looming free agency. And my yes. thing is part of my job is to ask those hard-hitting questions. So it's like mm-hmm. I don't know why you would think you sitting down in front of me, I want to, I want to ask you about basketball that you played on a team of five all-stars in January on a Wednesday. That wasn't even like a huge game. So it's like my job is to ask you these questions. That's just my job. I'm sorry that it bugged you. I'm sorry that it upset you. But if it it bothered you that much, players would make their commitments to teams before the season started. So all the questions can be out right then and there. I'm not sure what I want to do. I might test the waters. Cool. So you know what we'll ask you to start of the season? Are you sure? You're really going to test the waters? Blah, blah, blah. You know what you probably won't get as intensely throughout the season is those questions about your free agency. You've already made it clear. You've made a stance saying, I want to test the waters. Cool. So when, when, you know, when you guys get blown out by 40, you know what the reporter won't ask? Hey, like, does this, does this loss have any decision on, like, where you want to go in free agency? Because you then can go, dude, I already said I'm, I'm, I'm testing the waters. Like, <laughs> I've already said that to you. The organization knows right. it. You know it. But when you come out and you say, I'm only focused on playing with the Warriors, I could care less about the Warriors' regular season games. So my questions right. are going to be about stuff that to us as an audience who have now become dull in the idea that the Warriors have made basketball not fun anymore. I don't want to yep. ask you about you playing basketball in January. I know I'm sounding like a broken record, but it just really upset me because that guy didn't ask anything offensive. He didn't ask anything sarcastically. He did his job, and Durant chose to belittle him, belittle the media, disrespect the media. Um, And it's from the stance of, Nick, like what we do with Full Court Press is trying to open up avenues of us becoming basketball media. And I know if I asked Kevin Durant that question, I wouldn't want that response. (laughs) Right. You know, I'm not – I might have messed up a, a relationship with us and the Warriors because I don't think my response would have been as nice as that guy's was. 
So it, it, it's to the <laughs> yeah, point where it's just like, like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I would have like, excuse me? Like, oh, you know dude. What I'm so it's Speaking just, of which, go ahead, go ahead. like, are you kidding me? Could you imagine, like, if, if Dane was into basketball and asked that question and got that response? Like, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Our relationship with the, every NBA team would be forever ruined. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I mean, so my my biggest issue and the reason why I was just like, I want to desperately talk about this, excuse me, is because these players, like, I won't even go to the point of you make millions of dollars, you should just shut up and be happy. Like, it's not even that standpoint. It's just a standpoint of you do your job and you get offended when I criticize you about your job. So how do you think I feel when I'm just doing my job and you're making me feel like crap for everyone to see? Right. Not only just, you know, other people I do, you know, media stuff with. But now this video is going to circulate. It's going to circulate. So it's like you don't like when I tell you you played horrible uh, yesterday and that's why you're not the best player LeBron is. You'd be mad at me and, you know, you'd be offended by that, you know, because your thing is you're doing your job the best you can. People have all mm-hmm. things. So if I can't chastise you about your job, how do you think it makes you feel that you think it's cool to chastise me about mine? So the, right. the biggest issue I had is Kevin Durant is, is super sensitive, and I was telling you all this. As sensitive as he's being right now, how does he think it's going to be if he signs in New York and they lose by 15 or 20? The media right. is going to destroy him. And the thing is about New York, they don't even care that it's one loss in December. They're going to crucify you. They, they can yeah. care less what your record is. They're going to crucify you for that loss. So yeah, I mean, especially like if he has a thing. bad game. Like, if he has a great right. game and they lose, it'll be one thing. But the moment he has a bad game and they get their ass kicked, um, yes, I mean, that's going to be the headline. Right. So my thing is, if you can't handle it in Golden State where the questions are really easy um, and not really that offensive, uh, how are you going to mm. handle it in New York where these guys aren't going to care about your feelings whatsoever? You're in a city where results matter. That's it. Not your feelings, not your thoughts, results, winning. That is all this city cares about. So all I'm saying is he just kind of needs to just toughen himself up a little bit. These are the questions you're going to be asked almost every chance people get until you actually decide on what team you're going to sign with um, for the long term in the offseason. Yeah, and and here's the thing, too. Um, You touched on this with your 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 statement but Kevin Durant created this climate um for for two main reasons one he chose to sign the whole one in one deals um he's done that since he joined the warriors um to give himself that flexibility to to you know be able to move if he wanted to move and not like stand pat um you know, with them, kind of the the uh, LeBron blueprint of when he went back and joined Cleveland. Um, but also, you know, not only, you know, signing the one-on-ones, but joining the juggernaut that already existed, the Warriors, and, and this is particularly where you touched on it, you essentially, like, made the outcome inevitable. Like, dude, you... I mean, fuck, especially this year. Like, I mean, they're, like, I feel like two years ago we were like, Dow comes inevitable, and it was. And then last year we were like, 
ah, fuck, man, maybe the Rockets can give them a run for their money. And they did, but, you know, CP3 went down, and then, you know, it, that's we ended up getting what we expected again. Um, and then this year, with the addition of Boogie Cousins, like, it's even more so, like, it's fucking inevitable. So, like, you join a juggernaut team, um, and you are arguably the second best player in the league at the time, if not, yeah, well, at, yeah, the, it, arguably the second best player in the league at the time you joined the Warriors. Um, and so, I mean, you're, you're basically taking that whole uh, uh, fun of the game of who's going to win and let's, let's like focus on these games and everything's like really fun. Like you're taking that narrative away. And so what do we replace it with? Like we replace it with all of the player movement that is happening. Um, that is obviously very intriguing to us as fans um, and us as uh, media members and, 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 and reporters and um you know, make our content, uh, you know, not only what we want to talk about, but what we think the fans want to hear. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like you are the reason this, this paradigm exists. So if that being the case, like, I don't see how you can get so upset um, when, you know, somebody asks about it like you can like you said Juwan you can simply say uh, like at the beginning of the season like I'm gonna sign with the Warriors this year I'm committed to winning uh you know another title with this team and you know in the off season, like come what may like we'll, we'll see what happens then um and and you could just keep that narrative anytime someone asks you just like LeBron did last season like of course, it was still a story, but like LeBron's like narrative never changed. Um, even though we all knew he wasn't going to stay there, like we we were all speculating yeah. on where he might go. Um, but like it, it it never changed as far as like I'm committed to this team. I want to win. Yada yada yada. Um, and and like Katie's just not playing it quite the same way. Um, and it, it, it it's very strange to me that he would be that upset about it. And to me, it only speaks to the fact that, um, like you said, like Katie is just sensitive. Like he is. He doesn't. He doesn't. And the biggest thing to me, he doesn't like to be perceived in a way that he doesn't think he is, um, or like he doesn't think is warranted. And anytime he is, he gets really sensitive about it and kind of lashes out. Um, like, you know what, like, stood out, like, most to me as far as, like, um, this whole subject? Um, I don't know if you remember this, but there was, a, like, an interview with Sage Steele um, back, like, maybe – I think it was the first year that he signed with Golden State. And she said, I can't remember exactly what she said, but like in this interview, I think it was like right around the time of All-Star weekend, 
and um, she she said something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but she said like some some kind of phrasing of words, and it it like the way it like rolled together was um uh like Katie thought she said that he was soft. And, like, that's not what she said. Like, I, I wish I could remember exactly what she said, um, but I can't. Um, but, like, that's not what she said. She said something, and then, like, but that's what he heard from what she said. And, like, going back and, like, looking at it, like, I can totally see why he, like, the, the phrasing of, of what she was saying, like, like it was – it, it was very interchangeable. Like it, it, it could have totally been what she said, but that was like his first instinct. Like you're calling me soft. Like, and it was like no, 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 no. Um, and and she like like reiterated what she was saying, and he was like, oh, okay. Um, and they carried on with their their interview. Um, but like he's he's so quick to like basically be think the worst of any particular situation and like think um that you know the world is out to get him uh and it it's just so strange to me um well like and and here's why um and here's why I feel like it's strange to me if you don't have that lebron-esque uh mentality of fuck the world like I'm going to do what I'm going to do because that's what he did when he went to Miami. He basically said, fuck, um, like, let them say what they want to say. Like, I'm going to fucking lay it all out on the court. And um, obviously we've seen through the burner accounts and everything else that Katie's not – he doesn't have that same personality. Like, if you don't have that personality, then why the fuck did you leave OKC? Like, I don't understand. Um, and if you did – like and if you did do that and you're three or four years removed from it, why do you still have the same personality as the guy who left OKC? Like, I, that's what I don't get. Well, I think his biggest thing is, and I, I've been saying this to you guys for the longest. I'm kind of sounding like a broken record now, but he, I feel that he is still not. Um, he still kind of feels as though he has to prove everyone. Um, not only. <clears throat> that he is a champion and that it's validated, um, right. but that him going to Golden State wasn't necessarily a punk move. The thing is, right. it was. Um, it was yeah. in the sense of, again, I don't have a problem with it. I didn't have a problem with it. Anytime the player is like, look, I'm in the NBA to win championships. That team gives me the right. best chance to do it. Cool, go do it. That's fine. But yeah. you, can't, no. you, can't, you can't kid yourself in the sense of, Dude, that team already is. You have two of the greatest yeah. shooters of all time that you're pairing mm-hmm. yourself with in their prime, in the absolute height of their prime. Um, right, and you also have you also have Draymond Green, who is probably the greatest glue guy of all time. Right. Right. So, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like you have to look at that and go, <laughs> people are going to judge it. And honestly, I, I think one of the biggest things that bothers him is that with him doing this, no one really, excuse me, no one really thinks that LeBron's move was a punk move because in the scheme of it, it's like, all right, all three of us were free agents and decided to stick, you know, decided to, to go to Miami. 
This was right. a culture is already set. A culture is already built. A winning right. mentality is already built. You're placing yourself mm-hmm. in that winning mentality. LeBron, Wade, and Bosh going to Miami had to build that. Like, Wade wasn't going to the finals and winning finals, right. um, you know, that year or the year before LeBron got there. So it was the same exactly. And Le- LeBron couple, had to go build just, something. Right, and a, and a couple with that, like, um, had the Warriors gone, what? Had they won 66 games instead of 73 and 9? Um, that would be a different story. Had OKC got ousted by the Spurs instead of the Warriors, that would be a different story. Like all of those coupled narratives, the fact that, you know, they did break the regular season record for wins, the fact that they did come back from a 3 1 deficit to beat the team he was on. Like all of that goes into it. I mean, it's it's like I I think the first time I ever heard somebody say, "Well, LeBron did the same thing basically," and you know I feel like maybe it was on Facebook or something, and somebody came back with like, "No, LeBron doing the same thing would have been LeBron joining the Celtics," and I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> I mean that." Fucking points to that guy. That's exactly that would have been like what KD did, um, and right. it, it it's not it's not the same thing. Um, but yeah, like I again, like I agree with you. I don't fault him for wanting to get championships, and 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 like again, like I think the um, the guy who was asking these questions had written an article. Um, as I recall, um, basically talking about how, um, you know, Katie was, um, you know, slightly upset by the fact that he was able to go up against LeBron in the finals, finally beat him, hit the game-winning shot to clinch my game five and to clinch the series, like hit it right in his face, and he still... Like, the universal talk wasn't KD um, has surpassed LeBron now. Um, I I haven't read the guy's article, but I've heard that is the gist of the article. Um, And and that that, that still upsets Kevin Durant. And, you know, like, it's fine. Like, I mean, I understand why that would upset you. But it's like, dude, you got to look at all the optics here. Like, no shit. The the majority don't consider that to be on any kind of level with LeBron, especially given well, what LeBron did, given the players he had. I think, in fact, Juwan, you were probably the only person that I know who challenged the notion that LeBron, like, to even really posed the question, is KD better than LeBron at this time? Um because, like, the fact that you were even posing the question, I think both Joel and myself, like, chastised you for even posing the question. Um, and, and, like, yeah, I mean, I think the majority of NBA fans felt the same way as Joel and I did. Um, and, and that really upset him. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I put it like this. I put it like this. The thing is, LeBron is like Jordan in the sense of they're transcendent players. They're just transcendent. Like, generations from now, those names will still mean everything to basketball. I feel as though, even though I still think 
Durant is the best player in the NBA. Um, and that is debatable. So if someone said, oh, I don't think he is, cool. It, it is debatable. Um, but I just feel that way. The thing is, you look at Jordan's era. Nick, I think majority of our Hall of Famers came from that Jordan era. But the thing is, none of them were transcendent like Jordan was. That does not mean Jordan was necessarily better than them or more skilled than them. Jordan just was a transcendent player. I think, Nick, a lot of us felt if Olajuwon had played the Bulls in the finals, Jordan would have had his first loss um, in the NBA finals. That was a very huge possibility. Um, so it's just one of those things where it's like things I, didn't work I out that way. I actually think that's interesting because I don't necessarily agree with you. Like I don't, I don't necessarily have the opinion that it would have turned out any certain way. But I do take umbrage with people who say, had Jordan not retired, they would have won eight straight. I'm like, dude, did you not see the fucking Houston Rockets in their prime with Olajuwon yeah. and all those fucking guys? Like, dude, yeah. like to to say that they would have had eight straight is is ridiculously premature. Um, little premature. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I just look at it like this, Durant. You beating LeBron, right, and the conversation being about LeBron, why is that? It has nothing to do with the right now. It has everything to do with LeBron as a legacy. Same as I told people that if Pat Mahomes had beaten Tom Brady in the AFC Championship, all the conversation would have been about should Brady retire? Is it the end of the dynasty? Are they done? Is Bill Belichick leaving? Is Gronk retiring? Mm-hmm. Because sure. Tom Brady, the New England Patriots, and Bill Belichick, they are transcendent to what football right. means in today's era. So the conversation isn't going to be about the fly-by-the-night uh, you know, team or player or next big thing. It's going to be about the guy who's been a, a, a staple in football for 20 years, going on 20 years. So the thing is, LeBron's always going to be the big talk. Right now, if the Lakers don't make the playoffs, heading into the playoffs, them not making the playoffs will be the biggest conversation that uh, NBA pundits will have Absolutely. leading into the playoffs. So you can't be offended by that because Durant, your resume is not LeBron's resume. So that's mm-hmm. why the conversations will never add up. But I will say in, in closing here that I do feel as though Durant in maybe the past, Two, two seasons, I'd say, two, maybe three seasons, has been mm-hmm. the best player in the NBA um, if you're asking me between LeBron and Durant. If you want to open it up to other players, cool, but between those two, I think Durant has been the better player, but it's not a knock to LeBron. LeBron is doing things at his age that people just could never dream of. Um, right. If you're just talking about skill, movability, uh, durability, all those things, I had to give it to Durant, and I still feel as though I would give it to Durant. Um, but, again, it's like it, it, it's tipping in his favor purely because look at the Lakers roster, then look at Durant's roster. So it's easy to be the greatest right. player in the NBA when you could fall back on Curry to drop 38 for you. So, I mean, yeah. I do get how that would be an argument. Yeah, and, and here's the other thing, too, with um, with KD. Like, I get, like, Katie won um, finals MVP for both of, you know, both of these previous finals appearances. Um, I think the first year was inarguable. Like, there was no way anybody else had any claim to that MVP other than Katie. Last year, I think there was an argument to be made for Steph. I kind of wanted Steph to win it. 
Um, but but I will admit that a lot of that had to do with the fact that Steph had not won a Finals MVP, and I wanted him to win one. Um, so like I, I guess like I'm I'm admitting some amount of bias in my opinion on that. Um, but nevertheless, like even though that the majority of people consider Kevin Durant the best player on the Warriors, and the majority of people probably think that he deserves both of those finals MVPs. It's still not his team. Like, that's the thing. Like, even with Miami, it took one season for that team to go from Dwayne Wade's team to LeBron James's team. And I think Kevin Durant thought that it would kind of be like that in Golden State, and it has never become his team. It is still Steph Curry's team, and it will never be Kevin Durant's team. And I think that's another thing that, like, possibly irks him. Like, and, and not in the sense of, like, not, not in the sense of, like, I am – so much better than Curry, blah, 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 blah. Like, not in that kind of sense, but just in the sense of, like, damn, dude, like, what do I have to do to prove that, like, this is, like, as much my team as it is Steph's team. Like, it's our team. But it's not to, like, to to the media or the fans or, you know, anybody. Like, it's still viewed as Steph's team. It's not even a shared team. Um, so, you know, I think that probably and, – and, I would estimate that, like, he didn't foresee that. Um, another thing that he didn't foresee. And, you know, it, I mean, that's got to kind of sting a little bit. Like, like I can't even get, like, a, like a fuck, this is Steph and KD's team type of deal. Like, because, like, when I was in well, OKC, like, it was, it was KD and Russ's team. Like, it was like a shared thing, you know? Um, well, what and hurt, and, and what I can't even get that. What hurts that perception is, like, the way for you to, to deem it your team is you have to come there and you have to make it to where you're doing something they weren't doing before you got there. That's why when LeBron went right. there, it was like, well, Wade wasn't just running up, you know, uh, finals and, and stuff before I got here. So, obviously, right. it's me that He had that, that one forward. season in 06 with Shaq uh, when they right. made the trade right. for Shaq. And that was that was kind of a miraculous season. And, and God, Wade was so fucking good um, that playoffs. Um, I agree, but after but that, yeah. it was like he wasn't making it, it to was, the final. So it was right. one of those things and, with and like not, Durant. And, yes, and first round exits and all that shit. You know, like right. um, like so the, the Heat were not like, good before LeBron came there um, for the last couple seasons before before he went there. Right, and it's like here the Warriors won a final before you. And if you left mm-hmm. and they kept Clay and Draymond, I think a lot of people still would have the Warriors as the favorites to still well, be yeah, able to like, make it to the finals like, going forward. Well, yeah, it's like had he never gone there, if they had just re-signed Harrison Barnes, they would have still been the favorite, you know? And right. it's like, right. well, fuck, dude, you replace Harrison Barnes with Kevin Durant. And granted, there was the um, Andrew Bogut situation, but, like, he, like, that – that finals where they lost to Cleveland was like his last significant uh, play. Like that injury in pretty much ended his career. Um, like he, he held on a little bit, but 
Like he never was the same after that 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 series. Um, so pretty much, you know, for all intents and purposes, they replaced Harrison Barnes with Kevin Durant. Right. I agree. So I yeah, agree. yeah. I mean, it's a it, it, it's a very interesting saga. I mean, it's it, it's unlike pretty much anything that we have ever seen in the NBA as far as um, as far as like a player making that choice. Because um, we've seen similar things to it as far as trades. Um, I would I would maybe argue like the Moses Malone trade to the Sixers that was somewhat similar. Um, as far as the Sixers were already really good, although I don't think they had won a championship before Malone got there. I could be wrong, um, I don't think but I don't so. think they did. Um, I think he was kind of the catalyst that helped them get over the hump um, and, and to be able to get past the, the Celtics and the, and the Lakers. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's – um, it, it is very unique uh, to the league. And, you know, I honestly, I don't think we'll see anything like it at least for the next 20, 30 years. Um, if for no other reason than it's, it's just rare um, for, you know, a, a team of Golden State's magnitude to have that kind of cap flexibility to be able to bring him in, obviously with the, with the huge cap spike in 2016 made it possible um, but also just, you know, the fact that, like, I don't think any other player wants to kind of go through that kind of – any player of, like, Durant's magnitude, like a top five player in the NBA, um, wants to put themselves through that kind of ringer. Um, because, I mean, it has been a gauntlet for KD since he went there. Um, anyway, let's move on. We got we, – we could – do we could just spend the whole two hours talking about – KD and everything, um, but uh, but we we got a lot of other topics to talk about. Okay, uh, so let's jump into the Lakers. According to Basketball Reference, a very reputable website. Uh, usually, when I when I go to um, look at uh, all of um, my uh, information, uh, I usually visit a Basketball Reference. Um, sometimes I visit uh, Spotrac or um, uh, Hispanos NBA. Uh, there, you know, there's a couple, but Basketball Reference is one of my frequent uh, pages. Um, but according to them, the Lakers have only a 5.1% chance of making the playoffs. Now, this is like through various algorithms of them, like looking at all of the various teams in the league how they fared against these other teams in the league, yada, yada, yada. I don't think this algorithm takes into account that they have LeBron James and the the level that LeBron James can up himself to when he wants to. Um, So, like, be that as it may, and and, and let's take that into account. Um, But... Still, 5.1% chance of making the playoffs, whew, that's crazy. What do you think about, like, the Lakers right now having just lost to the Atlanta Hawks to lead into the All-Star break? Um, Obviously, the Anthony Davis um, shit all fell through, um, and, you know, that's got to have some effect. 
Lonzo Ball is still hurt. A um, lot of various factors going on with the Lakers. Uh, what, I mean, what do you think about the Lakers, and, and do you think you're going to make the playoffs? <clears throat> um, <laughs> funny thing is, I feel the same about LeBron that um, I feel about Tom Brady, to where it's kind of just like, you kind of can't bet against them, like, till you see them lose. It's kind of like every time you go, nah, they're not going to do it. They do it. So it's like I'm going to say having LeBron is, is something that could swing the pendulum. Um, but also what I want people to remember is there's 25 games left, and it's not like the Lakers are 10 games out of the A spot. I believe it's only like three or four. So I believe they're two and a half. To, two and a half, thank you. So you would have to tell me, I believe Sacramento is in that A spot, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. No, they lost to Denver last night. Um, so actually, uh, the Clippers uh, retook the eighth spot. Um, the Kings, like the Clippers are, everybody kind of thinks the Clippers are going to kind of fall off after the hair straight. Um, but the, so the Kings are two games ahead of the Lakers right now, but the Lakers own the tiebreaker. So my thing is, here's, here's the thing I want people to remember. The, the Clippers obviously aren't going to ever admit this, but you know as well as I do, Nick, if they make the playoffs, they lose that draft pick. So right. if I'm the Clippers, there's no way I'm letting this team make the playoffs just to get yeah, booted you know, out in the first it's round. Not, it's not optimal. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Right, right. I'm just, so I'm just like, saying it's not optimal. Right. To, to me – this is what I'd be thinking if I'm Clippers Brad. And, again, Jerry West is running it, so by no means am I telling that man what he should be doing. Um, right. If I'm going to lose my draft pick, I'm going to lose my draft pick with the idea of this team has a chance of making it to the NBA Finals. That is the only right. time, to me, that would be worth it. So it's We're like, at am the I gonna... very least making a deep run. Like, you're not right. going to make that either. Right, because to me, losing that draft pick but making it to the conference finals is worth it because you can show all these free agents, like, hey, right. the Clippers aren't the laughing stock that you thought we were. Like, without exactly. the bias, um, you know, our also we made it to the conference finals, so come play with mm-hmm. us. Um, and we still have Doc Freaking Rivers as our head coach. Um, right. So that I would get. But we know that's not going to happen because there's no way you can pass Golden State if Golden State locks up the number one seed. So yeah, and even I if you're the seventh that. seed, you're not. You're if you're the Clippers, you're not beating Denver. And right. even if you make it to the sixth seed, you're not beating OKC. Like you're not right. beating any of those teams. Right. So I'm not risking that. So if I'm the Clippers, I'm looking for LeBron to be LeBron and step up and take the eighth seed away from me, um, because you you know Nick, it's not technically legal anymore to purposely tank. So you know the Clippers obviously. Well, some might argue so, that. <laughs> I agree with you. I completely agree with you. Because you can watch the Knicks and go. I mean, eh, it, yeah, going the, on over the Knicks there? are pulling it off beautifully. In fact, like oh, I, I'm debating, I'm debating like uh, our, our like our surprise. You know, we do our surprise teams of the year when we do our uh, uh, quarter awards. I'm debating mm-hmm. on whether or not to pick the Knicks just because they finally tanked right. Like they, they're finally yeah. doing it, dude. Yeah. And what's funny about it is, and I'm going to get right back to LeBron, a lot of these games they could be winning. Like, it's not like the Knicks are walking into every game getting blown out by 30. They're playing really hard. 
So it's like you can't look at them and go, oh, they're purposely tanking. No, no, no. They're, they're competing. They're just, you know, not competing as hard as you might necessarily think they should. Well, whatever. they're just, uh, they're like, they're just, uh, Tisdale is, is, is basically making their lineup such that they can't win. Um, right, but those right. guys are younger still playing and younger. their hardest. Yeah. Right. I agree. Um, but back to LeBron. The, the thing is, I, I was just listening to um, – gosh, she does the jump. Uh, Rachel Nichols. Um, she was yes. saying how the Lakers have the hardest schedule um, to end the season. So it's one of those things where it's like – I don't think it's the hardest. Uh, it, it, it's up there. Um, it's 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 one of the hardest. Maybe maybe it is. Maybe, but like it, yeah, it's up there. It's not an easy schedule. They got a lot. I looked I looked over their schedule and the Kings schedule, um, uh, maybe two nights ago, and the Kings have a harder schedule upcoming. Like uh, over the next um, maybe five to seven games after the All Star break, but after that, the Kings schedule gets a little easier. And the Lakers' schedule gets a little harder. And then to close out the year, the Lakers have, like, a gauntlet for their last five games. Like, I think they have to play Utah. They have to play Portland, um, OKC, the Clippers, and, like, one other team that I can't remember that's, that's a, a reasonably good team. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's one of those things where it's, like, to answer your original question, um, I do bet on LeBron, and I do think LeBron can lock up that eighth seed. Um, I, I am also a believer that if they cannot lock up the eighth seed and they do end up missing the playoffs, I don't deem this as a failed uh, as a failed season, mainly because I put it in a perspective of this. If LeBron has this team in the East, it would easily make between six, seven, or eight, like easily. Yeah. <laughs> Without question, more so the West is so tough. That's why I think, um, me personally, I was shocked that he decided to go West. That was him saying, yeah. I can win anywhere. Watch me go West and, and still make the, the finals. And it was just like, that was very ballsy. Like, he was really confident they were going to pull another superstar. Um, yeah, I think, but, I think he thought they were going to get Paul George. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So th- that's why I don't deem it a failure. And I think a lot of people saying, like, Oh well, you know, uh, you know he's no Kobe. I would like people to remember the year Kobe had to drop 81 just to win a game, or however many he dropped. Like they didn't go to the finals that year. <laughs> that team wasn't in the finals. Um, so it's like Kobe has had a few rough seasons. So it, it's not like LeBron in his first year as a Laker with a bunch of kids on a team he thought would have a superstar alongside him um, struggled in, in in their first year. Um, so I do think they can make the AC, and I think if they do, I think LeBron will make it. I tell you this: if LeBron can make the AC, the Warriors will have had one of their toughest first rounds they've had yeah. in years. Um, yeah. I would say that Pelicans one was tough, but AD was just not enough on that very weak that team to, to really make it interesting. No, no, no. I mean that first year AD took the Pelicans to the playoffs. Um, uh, Steph Curry okay. hit that crazy shot in the corner. Um, yeah, yeah, that looked like it could be interesting, but then it flamed out completely, <laughs> like right after that first game. Um, I think LeBron will give them their hardest test 
um, that they've had in the first round in years. He'll really hit them in their mouth, uh, you know, before they, they head on to the next round. But it'll be interesting and fun to watch. Yeah, I, you know, I, it, it, I kind of, I want to agree with you because it is, it is such a, uh, a, 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 an idiot savant uh, to <clears throat> bet against LeBron. However, um, the Kings are playing great, man. Um, like adding Harrison Barnes was huge for them. Um, they have this just this like don't give a fuck mentality that is just like resonating through that team there like there's just certain teams that like you see um like on the come up and you're just like damn like they remind me of the warriors and and not not that they will become the warriors that we know now today but they remind me of the early warriors when they first made the playoffs um and that i mean they just they have that swag, that that um, you know, uh, je ne sais quoi, if you will, um, and they are. I I don't know. I just think they're destined to make the playoffs. I really do. I think um, making that barn transaction was huge for them. Um, obviously, that you know, all their other guys uh, are, are are very good contributors. Um, and and I think like getting that like um kind of semi veteran uh leadership was you know, kind of a good move for them. Especially somebody who doesn't like fuck with any of you know, their existing players. Like he doesn't he doesn't really mess with them. Um so like I don't know. I, I'm I'm very torn. Granted, I actually for maybe a day or two bought into shit. Maybe the fucking Pacers are going to like knock out the Cavs in the first round and it went to seven games. So like, you know, I don't feel like I was totally unjustified for thinking that. Um, but inevitably, of course the Cavs won. Uh, and you know, that ultimately I was like, why, why did I ever think the fucking, like, of course, like Le- LeBron's not gonna lose to the Pacers. Like is it, Nick, what what the hell were you thinking? Um, but with this squad and this team out in LA, like I don't know. I I actually think that even as good as LeBron is, I I, I don't know. I I I really like the Kings to make the playoffs. I really do. I think they're going to be the eighth seed. Um, and they're going to win it by a narrow margin. Probably one game uh, would be my my estimate. Um, but no, I, I I really I don't think the Lakers are going to make the playoffs. I really don't. Um, I did see an interesting stat today that um, that uh, Kobe's uh, I want to say 2012-13 Lakers were. Uh, had the same record through the same amount of games as LeBron's Lakers do this year and finished the season 45 and 37 um, and made the playoffs. They were the seventh seed. Uh, That is like, 
if I'm LeBron James, like that is a test. Um, you know, I mean, when the Hawks beat them, they were literally chanting while he was on the free throw line, Kobe's better, bop, 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 bop. Like, dude, like, he, he's got to make the playoffs. Like, dude, that would be so detrimental to his legacy. Um, and furthermore, like, I think LeBron made a huge mistake by sending a long-term deal. Like, if I'm LeBron right now, like, I'm like, Man, like maybe, maybe the Knicks, like that kind of seems like a good situation right now. Like I go join the Knicks and like say, hey, like fucking Kemba Walker, come like join me with the Knicks and all that young talent. Like at least I'll have another star with me and still like all of these assets that the Lakers don't have to like trade for um, another like star. Um, I I don't want to say he made a mistake by it, like because we heard the little uh, tidbit between he and uh, Dwayne Wade earlier this season about him saying it was either here at the Garden, obviously meaning Madison, uh, not Boston or PG or whatever the fuck they're calling <laughs> yeah, the Garden now. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, but like yeah, I mean I I, I think like if if LeBron was going into free agency this year. Um, if he had signed like that kind of typical one and one, like it would be like, dude, like he could be on the map. It's like, who are we gonna get? Are we gonna get Katie? Are we gonna get LeBron? Um, like, but like I, I would feel even more confident, like that you're gonna get one or the other, you know. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, uh, I, I, I just don't think they're gonna make it. I think this is going to be the year um, that we're kind of like, damn, we've reached the Wizards Jordan era of LeBron. Um, and, and maybe not quite that, but like, because cause obviously there was a long period between 98 and what, 2002 or right. whenever it was when Jordan came back. Um, right. There was a there was a there was a long stretch where he wasn't there, um, but like eventually we all knew that was going to come, and you know I put it this way, I I, I framed it this way, well well we'll get into that in a second actually, um, but like I I definitely think this could be the year where um, it ends up kind of panning out that way like it's just like you, you're you're still great but you're you're not great enough um especially when you went down for so many games with your injury i think it was like 19 games 17 games something like that um be able to lead this team uh to where they need to go and then you add in the anthony davis shit and all that it's just it's, it's a lot of fucking brouhaha so like i get it never bet against lebron but at some point the never bet against so and so ends up backfiring. Well, I, I look at it like this. I look at it like this. You you kind of go, LeBron has the same cushion um, Tom Brady would have if they got bounced out against the Chargers. You kind of go, well, they're great. They can't help that they don't really have that good of a surrounding cast. Um, you know, and, and it, it speaks to 
how LeBron, and that's what I think the biggest difference between the two are, LeBron has never been a vocal leader. Um, that It seems like. Let me say it seems like. I, I can't speak for the locker room. I, I, I don't know. It just seems like he's not that vocal leader. Um, I, I saw this guy tell, the, tell Kuzma in, like, game two of, of the season, like, if you guys fall down, stay down, I'm going to pick you up. Like, a few weeks ago, <laughs> when LeBron was back, I saw a guy on the ground, and no one went to go pick him up. So I'm like, all right. So obviously, there's a little bit of tension there between uh, the young guys and then the veterans. Um, in this locker room, and and you kind of look at it and you're like, like I said, only reason I wouldn't compare it um, to, like, Jordan's uh, uh, Wizards shoes, even though Jordan was still balling uh, on the Wizards, is because I think it's less to do about LeBron and more to do about the fact that he came to a team where none of these kids' mindsets were, all right, cool, NBA championship. It was all right, let me figure out this thing called NBA basketball. Like, this this is all new to us. Um, we, still, we still have a lot of growing to do. We still have a lot of maturing to do. And we kind of thought we'd have that time. We didn't think our second year in the league, LeBron would be on our team. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like, I think next year this, this thing would be great. We also can't forget, before the injury, they were the fourth seed. So it's not they even were. like this team had been – horrible all year. They were the fourth seed. And then injuries started hitting to their crucial players at the worst possible right. times. Like, yep. weirdly enough, but they're I will best say this defensively though. when Just Lonzo real quick. Hold on. Yeah, go Real ahead. quick. Um, yes, they were the fourth seed. It was only separated by a handful of games because um, mm-hmm. it was so early in the season and whatnot. Um, but, like, you look at a team like Denver – who suffered way worse injuries than the Lakers throughout, I mean, their their year, or at least equal amount, uh, equally as bad injuries. Um, and they somehow managed to, like, still stay atop of that league. Um, now, I think continuity is important in that conversation. Um, the fact that that, that team is, has, has been that team for a couple of seasons, um, and everybody has progressed and gotten better. And they all know how to play with one in, one another, um, but nevertheless, like I still think that's an important point. Like you can't just say, well, you know, the, like the injuries, you know, like uh, you know, so and so got hurt, LeBron was out for X amount of games, blah 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 blah. Like it's like, okay, sure, but like that should be your argument for being the seventh seed instead of the three or four seed. Shouldn't be your argument for not making the playoffs. No, no, it, it, it's not necessarily an argument for not making – it's the sense of the injuries. Like you just said, continuity is a huge thing. LeBron playing mm-hmm. with these guys and LeBron playing with these guys and the veterans. The thing is, Rondo was out for a while uh, with injury and then suspension. Ingram was out with suspension. Then Lonzo was out, so it was like – And that really 15... didn't hurt them. <laughs> no, 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 no. That really no, no. didn't hurt them. In the sense of – in the sense of if this team, like, let's say, because LeBron was out for a while. I think people forget. I think he was out after yeah, or like, before Christmas. Like, uh, it, it was, was like the end of December. It was, like, it was almost 20 games. I don't remember how much exactly. It was like, uh, uh, I want to say it was 17 games he was out. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's the number. About that. 
Um, but to me, the biggest issue the Lakers have is continuity. Uh, believe it or not, they play well defensively when Lonzo's on the court. Um, you know, oh, yeah. He's understood, Lonzo's good understood. Right. He's a really good defender. So that's understood. Their biggest issue is defense. And the biggest issue with their issue being defense and is that LeBron plays shooting. absolutely none. Uh, so yeah. Like your best player plays no defense, and then that sets yeah. the tone for everyone else to not play a lick of defense. Um, so, like I said, it, it's a thing of LeBron, I think, signing a long-term in L.A. was more so about what LeBron wanted to do in L.A. Um, for right. the long term. I also believe that he feels as though – I tell you this, Nick, which will be interesting. If they can't get AD in this offseason and they can't get anyone else to come and pair up with LeBron, if I'm LeBron, I'm like, I know I signed this contract and, like, you know, I'm committed to this team, but y'all made a lot of promises, you know, before I signed my name on this contract, and none of them have, have come to fruition. Now, again, not necessarily right. their fault, but I'm not about to dedicate three years just for you to wait for AD to come walking through our door. Like, no, 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 mm. no. I, I don't have that time to wait. So I agree with you. LeBron should have signed uh, a one- or two-year deal, kind of surveyed everything, the second year being an option. And I think it would have been smart if he went to New York. He would have been the king of New York and the king mm-hmm. of the Eastern Conference. Uh-huh. And the pressure would not have been <laughs> as big. Like, I know that's crazy to say because, like, the, the – like, the media in New York is like rampant and crazy, but like New York hasn't won a title since the early seventies. Like LA has won multiple titles. You are going to be immediately compared to Kobe Bryant, um, who was their last great player. Um, like mm-hmm. it, you go to New York, I mean, well, you're obviously better than Melo, so. Like, I, I just, it's, it's, it's like an, it, it, to me, it's like an easier path. It really is. Like, it is. It, it's it is. not really and the expectation. If, if, if you were going for the icing on top of the cake, which is what LeBron has said, anything after this, just icing on top, like, then why not go to New York? Why go to LA he, where the pressure is so big? Whereas every LA Laker fan will view you as a failure if you don't win a fucking title. They would not feel the same in New York. It wouldn't be the same. It would not have Here's the same the amount of pressure. He could have had both. What you could have done was you could you could have had this. You could have had it to where it was like you went to New York. If he was on the Knicks this year, like right now, the Knicks would be a playoff mm-hmm. team easily. Easily. Oh, yeah. If you look at the oh, yeah. skill that that team has, and then you put LeBron yep. in the mix of that, yeah, that team would have been tailor made for LeBron. They would have kept Porzingis, and he would have been coming right. back. And yep, right. So it changes a lot. And then you look at the sense of okay, LeBron, KP, can that you know can that duo win a championship? Sure, maybe. Right, and, and how does Hardaway benefit off of having LeBron there? Right, um, right. So if yeah, I'm LeBron, I would a lot of variables. I would have tried out New York for two years, right? And then, like, let's say it doesn't mm-hmm. work. You don't get to the finals. You know, you're kind of like, maybe this is not where I want to be. You know what you would have been able to do? AD is a free agent. You're a free agent. Could have linked with him, went to the Lakers. That way you didn't have to get rid of all the talent in L.A. You didn't have to <laughs> you're go out a fucking and, genius, Joan. <laughs> and waste years. You could have tried it out in New York. Still been They, they would have still crowned you king of New York, even if you didn't <laughs> go to the finals. Just you being there, they would have went crazy. 
And then the yeah. idea is oh, yeah. you go, you know what, it didn't work out, or maybe you do win a championship, you leave New York, you go pair it with AD, go to L.A., you now have that young nucleus plus AD plus LeBron and none of that nonsense. And then, boom, it worked out. You were the king of New York, now you get to possibly be the king of L.A. I don't know why he signed it for you. <laughs> I'm with you, Nick. <laughs> I'm with you. Damn. Like, that's some that's – some... Amazing revisionist history. That would be great. All right, well, let's get into it. Let's just get down to brass tacks here. Is LeBron still the best player in the league? I mean, I, you telegraphed your response earlier, um, but like, explain why you feel the way you do. Uh, well, I feel as though Kevin Durant is the best player in uh, in the NBA right now, purely because of like, again, it's really hard to make my argument because he's on a team with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Right, um, but it, it's just it's the idea of there's so many things in Durant's favor. First of all, the height, the length, the age, and then his ability to just purely score. Like Durant does not care if he only has two assists in a game. If he drops 45 he, and the team wins, he's good. LeBron will sacrifice. Like in that Sixers game, I like everyone was like Kuzma, you know, disappeared. Kuzma didn't show. I'm like. Kuzma almost had 40. LeBron didn't show up. Your triple-double is oh, is cool. But you can't only have 18 to 20 points, LeBron. That's a game prime time. You should be showing out. You should have 30 or 40 up there with Kuzma. But the idea of, of it is LeBron is not a scorer. He's not a scorer. And in today's league, to be, uh, like, successful, you have to have someone who's willing to be the scorer. And I never thought it would end up being Kuzma. Like, I thought Kuzma would benefit from LeBron scoring because you would have to double LeBron, which would leave Kuzma open. But now it's just like, ain't nobody doubling LeBron. They're letting LeBron go to the lane. They're, they're most so focused on, all right, we're not going to let Kuzma kill us this game. So, I, I mean, I just look at the, the Warrior, uh, Kevin Durant. Sorry, not the Warriors. Kevin Durant. And I'm like, this guy all around is exactly what the NBA is today. Um, and in the NBA uh, world that we have today where it's just purely scoring. He is the best at scoring between the two of them. Um, but like I said, if you want to open Giannis or Kawhi Leonard or Anthony Davis, sure. Like, I'll, I'll back up and listen to that argument. But if you're asking me today, LeBron or Kevin Durant, I don't think there's anyone that would want LeBron right now, this season, even before the injury, over Kevin Durant. No. I mean, if you're building a team, no. Um, just because of the age factor and everything else. Um, yes. Here, here's my thing. LeBron is fucking great at a lot of things. LeBron is not the greatest at anything anymore. Um, let, let me just roll off some, uh, some top uh, stats for you. Um, field goals uh, this season. Leaders, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, Giannis, Paul George, top five. Um, look at three-point field goals. Harden, Steph Curry, Paul George, Buddy Hill, Kimball Walker. Um, let's continue on. Free throws. Uh, James Harden, Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, Giannis, Dame Lillard. Paul George is sixth. Uh, rebounds, uh, Andre Drummond, DeAndre Jordan, Rudy Gobert, Joel 
Embiid, Nikola Vucevic, uh, a lot of centers obviously there. Um, but even like outside of centers, Giannis, uh, Russell Westbrook, um, Ben Simmons, all ahead of LeBron. Um, granted, these are totals. These, I mean, obviously the the, the um, fact that he was injured for a while, you know, has an effect on on some of these. Um, but steals, like he's not in, in even in the conversation in any of these. Top 20, not not even there. Um, points goes to James Harden, obviously. Um, uh, so does turnovers, by the way. <laughs> um, but like, uh, so so let's get let's get to more like uh, things that would be a little more friendly to LeBron. Let's get to some like per game stats. So like points per game, Harden, George, Curry, Davis, Durant, Embiid. Antetokounmpo, Leonard, Lillard, Griffin, Walker, Beal, Bucker, Irving, Towns, Levine, Mitchell, Thompson, DeRozan, Westbrook. LeBron ain't in there. Yeah. Um, like, <laughs> that's saying something, dude. Like, <laughs> you just, it, like, uh, it, 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 here's the thing. And this is what I was kind of alluding to earlier. LeBron is like America. And like no one really knows when America wasn't the best country in the world anymore. And no one knows like like has like a definitive um you know other country that is like this is is the greatest country in the world. Like that doesn't exist. Like, there's no greatest country in the world anymore, right? Um, but, like, like statistics tell you that America is not the greatest country in the world. I mean, just watch the fucking Jeff Bridges, um, uh, you know, segment uh, from that show or whatever. I forget what the show is called. Um, it's not, actually, it's not uh, – Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels' uh, segment um, from his HBO show. Uh, but like it's it's not the greatest country in the world anymore. Um, like in in like infant mortality rate and all that you know yada yada yada. Um, it's 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 not. Um, and nobody knows like th- there's no definitive you know country that's going to take on that title or mantle or whatever. Um, but it's it's just not. And like no one knows when it happened, but it did. And you know now we're just there with the rest of all of the countries in Europe, basically. Like, we're in the mix, you know? Like, we're, we're just not, you know, heads and tails above everybody anymore. And I feel like that's where LeBron James is right now. Like, and, and in my opinion, I don't even think, like, I can't tell you, I don't think Kevin Durant's the best player in the NBA. I don't think Giannis or James Harden or, uh, like, I don't, I don't know is what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't know who is the best player in the NBA. But I will say this. I'm pretty confident that it ain't LeBron anymore. Like, he's, just, he's not – he's aged. He's not there anymore. And I think, like America, it took several years for, like, the general public to be like, oh, yeah, like, America's not, like, 
better than like all these European countries anymore. Um, like we're pretty much the same, maybe not even as good. Um, and that's how I see LeBron. Like it, it's going to take a little time for like the general public to be like, Oh sure. Yeah. Like LeBron's not the best anymore. Wait, who's the best player? I don't even know. Like somebody, um, but it's not LeBron. Like he's, he's just not, there's too many other players. He doesn't, he doesn't define anything. Like he's not, as I said, he's not, um, he's not on the level of so many various players who, you know, uh, do various other things better than him. And, and, and I think the biggest thing to me, as you mentioned earlier, like defensively, like he just doesn't do it anymore. The one thing I will give him is he flips the switch when it comes playoff time. And we need to see him flip that switch way earlier. We need to see him flip that switch post all-star break. And if he does that, and, like, really fucking rides, like, a tidal wave of, like, statistical dominance into the playoffs, and then, obviously, like, even if he gets ousted in the first or the second round, which is going to happen, like, second round tops. Um, like, yeah, I mean, maybe I can find myself going back on my statement. But as of right now, no, I, I don't see it anymore. Well, the the biggest thing I I, I give to the idea of, of LeBron not being the best player anymore is did we overvalue the idea of him being the best player because of how bad the Eastern Conference was? Um, Maybe. And would we feel would we feel the same about him if like let's say right after he left Miami, right? Like still in his prime, still when we're thinking like mm-hmm. this guy is amazing, this guy's great. If he went yeah. from Miami to Lakers right after that, right, would in that West and how deep we know the West West to be, will we still consider him the best, even though he would struggle to make it to the East, just the conference finals every year in the West? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It, it, well, I was just gonna say. I mean, it's it, it, it's a, it's a tough situation to call because. There's so many variables at play. Um, like who he would have been playing with. I mean, Kobe would have still been on that team. How would they fit together? Um, but like, if you're just talking like a generalities, if he had gone to the West and not been able to make the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference Finals, um, or just actually just the NBA Finals, so many consecutive years in a row, like he was able to in the East. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I think that narrative would be a lot different. I do. I think the fact that he was able to dominate the East at you know so much um, for so many years definitely kind of added to the lore of um, this guy is the best player in the NBA. I think you're 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 if if that's what you're getting at, I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, because the biggest thing is to me. Whenever you're saying who's the best player in the NBA, I don't purely go off numbers. I know a lot of people are numbers-driven. To me, the word you use is the word I will use in defense of the, the point I'm trying to make. Dominant player in the NBA, you have to be able to dominate. The thing about this, if we want to go by numbers, Westbrook numbers for like the past three or four years 
would kind of make you want to go, he could really be the best player in the NBA. But he doesn't dominate games to where they win. So it's like, all right, you have the numbers, but, like, you're losing. So the idea of dominance is your dominance is taking you past just having the flashy numbers. You're actually getting to the big game. So the idea of him dominating the East in in a time where we we regarded the East as just horrible, like just god awful. Um, you know, it, obviously it's shored up in the past past one or two years, but it's the idea of he couldn't be this or, or that dominant as he was in the Western Conference, where the Spurs were a big thing, where, you know, Durant was still with OKC, where the Warriors were looking really good. Um, you know, obviously he would have made it into the playoffs because, like, a few years ago, maybe a handful of years ago, the West was deep to about five teams. But that six, seven, and eight were open. Um, I, I just don't know if LeBron is the best player in the Western Conference to where he's dominating and taking that team, whatever team he's on, to the finals if that happens if he were in the West. And that's why it, I, I pose the question, did we overvalue uh, his greatness because of playing in that Eastern Conference we regarded as just surely weak? Hey, it's a fair question. Um, I do want to offer um, a slight correction, and I, I um, chose to look this up because I was like, this can't be right. Um LeBron would rank ninth amongst uh, points per game people. I, I, I would imagine he has not played enough games uh, to, right. to, to, you know, to, to get the stats that these other guys have had. But he is averaging 26.8 points per game. Um, the, the, the eight players that um, surpass him are Harden, Paul George, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid. Giannis and Kawhi. Um, yeah, it makes sense. But like, yeah. But nevertheless, like, still, like, he's ninth in scoring. Um, and it's like, I'm not gonna go through and look up all the other stats. Like, I, I would honestly hope that fucking Basketball Reference would like consider however many games LeBron has played enough to like include him in these. <laughs> but they didn't. Um, really quick, but like, man, nevertheless, really like, quick. Yeah, I did want to say just really quick. Uh, the idea of, of, of knowing or whether or not LeBron was still, like, great at his age, if he were to stay in the Eastern Conference, like, right now, like, when we were throwing out the, the possibility of, like, oh, like, if he had stayed in one with the Knicks, the Eastern Conference mm. is tough. I mean, four or five deep tough. So if he were able to take yeah. the Knicks or the Cavaliers to the finals this year against that loaded Eastern Conference, I would have – absolutely no doubt that LeBron at his age is still the best player in the NBA because of how I don't, deep uh, the East is I right now. I think he would, though. I, I no, 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 no. I agree think... with you. I agree with you. Yeah. But that yeah. would have been the hardest test he's had since that first year in yeah. Miami where they had to get through mm-hmm. the Boston Celtics. That's what I'm saying. Right. So if he were able yeah. to, that is a bigger testament. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I, I you look at all of these Eastern Conference teams, um, and like I I don't know that he would be able to do it. Um, and I think maybe that was part of the reason why he went west, um, like hoping that the the Warriors would implode at some point. 
um, and hoping <laughs> that that would make the West wide open. And, you know, I mean, we'll see what happens with that. But um, and, and just hoping that, that, you know, Magic and Polinka will be able to, um, you know, do the necessary things to, you know, make, make it so that uh, that team is, you know, uh, a, a viable championship contender. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I will say this. Um, I, if regardless of the conversation of is LeBron still the best player in the NBA, which I think we're both on the same page as saying, as of now, neither one of us thinks so. Um, right. You probably thought this longer than me. Um, this has been kind of a, a recent kind of come to Jesus thing for me. Um, I'll say this. I don't think LeBron James is a first or second all NBA player. I mean, you're telling me you're going to put LeBron James this year. I had a Paul George, Kevin Durant, Giannis or Kawhi. No, no, (laughs) no. You're like, there's just no way. Dude, like, n- no. Like, I don't, and, 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 and what's even crazier with that is it, Kevin Durant hasn't missed a game all season, and I don't even think he's first-team All-NBA. I mean, I think Paul George and Antetokounmpo are your first-team All-NBA forwards. I think KD and Kawhi are your second team. I think LeBron and I don't – I'm not exactly sure who that that – other person is um but the i mean those are your those are your first and second team like however you want to rank each of those four players they're all higher than lebron um easily so i mean i think Bron is third team all nba this year i mean i don't see any way in which he makes first or second team all nba um but uh, we'll see. We'll see what uh, all of the people who vote on that um, end up saying. Uh, but let's move on. IT's return. Isaiah Thomas returned to basketball. He played pretty fucking well in very limited minutes. He only played 13 minutes. He had eight points. Um, he shot, uh, I want to say, three of six. I believe, yeah, three of six from the field. Uh, five of those were three-pointers, which um, is, yeah, I don't know. It says something anyway. Um, but uh, he made two of those. That step back that he made, uh, I don't remember who it was on, but he made that like step back kind of a, a little later in the game. I think it was the last shot he made. Um, that was impressive. Um that little shot that he made uh, off the pass from uh, Plumley was really nice too. Um, he looks effective in his limited minutes. I would like to honestly see him get this kind of amount of minutes. Yeah, I don't want really want to see him get um, twenty, twenty-five, thirty minutes. I'd kind of like to see him like he he got thirteen in this game. I'd like to see him at like. 16 minutes a game as just like somebody to bring off the bench and to like, like contribute and like be able to like 
get you buckets and to make passes. He had that sweet fucking alley-oop to uh, Plumlee as well. Um, I I think that would be like his ideal role on this team. I don't want to see him take too many minutes away from Morris. Um, I don't obviously wouldn't like nobody wants to see him take minutes away uh, from Murray, which he won't. Um, but like, I think it's like a spark plug kind of guy. Like, put it this way. I would use him the same way the Sixers use T.J. McConnell. You're getting just a better version of T.J. McConnell um, from Isaiah Thomas. Use him like that, and you're going to be fine. Um, And I think Malone gets that. I think he will utilize him in that kind of capacity. I won't expect him to get huge minutes. But I think he could be a big help to this team if they utilize him correctly. Um, and I think we kind of saw that last night. Um, Jawan, what do you think about uh, Thomas's return and how Denver will utilize him? It was good to see him back. Um, yeah. It's always good when the guy that is that talented uh, is starting to kind of come back into his own and, and feel comfortable again. Uh, but the thing is <laughs> – Denver is playing really good basketball. So the one thing you don't want to mess up is the continuity of that team. So you don't want to throw anyone off of what they've been doing while you've been gone. And, again, this is not me saying, oh, he's going to mess things up. Um, They just have to figure out exactly, and that's obviously what practice is for. (laughs) So um, if you're Malone, you've known that Isaiah Thomas is going to come back. So, that should mean that in practices you were playing with different lineups, seeing what works, what works best, um, and you have an idea in your head on exactly where you want to put him in. I think Isaiah is a great guy to have in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, if you want to kind of throw him into the starting lineup heading into uh, late game fourth quarter situations. Um, but it's one of those things where it's just like use him, <laughs> use him where he's, where he's needed. Like, if, if uh, the starting lineup is kind of struggling to score, uh, bring him in. Like, <laughs> bring him in, uh, help him kind of get things going. Uh, I, I think that's the best idea on, on how I would use him. And I know it sounds weird because it's kind of like in basketball, you can't just throw a guy in when you need him. You're, you're just going to have him on the bench all game. But to me, it, Isaiah Thomas right now, is, is that's how I view him. I view him as use him exactly where you need him in the best place to use Isaiah Thomas is when you're not scoring. Uh, because it, you don't put Isaiah in to protect the lead uh, by playing defense. Right. Uh, you put him in because you need to get a lead for playing offense. So, to me, late game fourth quarter situations is really when I'd focus most on um, maximizing uh, Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I think that seems to be kind of the best fit for him. Um, utilize him as like a, a, a like I said, like a T.J. McConnell, like a better version of T.J. McConnell, just like a a very limited six-man type of role. Um, and, you know, if he can get you some buckets, like, good. Um, you know, but just be wary of, like, you know, obviously his defensive liability and all that. Um, but, I mean, I, I really do. I think Mike Mullen will utilize him well. And I just – I really hope he doesn't take away from Monty Morris's minutes because that dude has been balling out. Like, he's been great all season. It's one of – like, the best backup point guards in the year – in of the season. And, like, 
I am guilty of it as are many. Um, but like, I, I, I feel like I got to go back and like reassess like my, my point guard, um, essentially like how I look at point guards, um, like especially like projected backup point guards, um, coming out of, uh, college and, and into the NBA draft because like he had one of the best assist to turnover ratios in the NCAA and still everybody slept on him. And that is projecting exactly how it was for him in college into the NBA. And he is still like this year in the NBA, if not the best, one of the best uh, assist to turnover ratios in the NBA, he doesn't turn the ball over. Like that is an invaluable um, uh, asset for your team, uh, and 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 something that is, you know, has to be um, taken into account more from people who project these um, draft the draft stock of of potential point NBA point guards. Um, so I'm going to try to focus on that and do better on that. Um, with this year's draft stock. Um, but anyway, uh, Juwan, we got a caller, so I'm going to plug in our caller. Uh, hey, what's up, man? Uh, or woman. Uh, don't want uh, yeah. to pretend that I know. <laughs> don't, uh, don't worry about it, man. Don't worry about it. How you guys doing? <laughs> Pretty good, man. How about you? I'm all right, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, interesting I conversation. So I, I wanted to kind of weigh in because I like where you guys are going. Yeah, yeah. So. The only thing I would add is, man, look, we, we kind of got to walk away from uh, Isaiah playing in Boston, you know, with, with a crazy usage rate and the whole offense being funneled to him and, you know, a million screens Absolutely. Uh, to get his shots. He's not that type of player. Like, I know they forced it and he put up those numbers, but he can't walk out there and just get you those numbers. So I think at a certain point this is going to become a situation where he either gets released, waived, or sit home, uh, because as you guys were just talking about, like he's not better than Monte Morris. You're still trying to integrate mm-hmm. Will Barton, uh, who's coming off an injury from before, who needs the ball in his hands sometimes because he's creative. And then on the first five, hell, we all know, you know, Jokic is, is going to handle the ball for the most part as far as making decisions, and Jamal Murray right. is kind of going to play off of that. So uh, who loses minutes to this guy? The five nine guy who can't defend, doesn't have the best shot selection, and the team is already going well, how do you rock the boat with this little fella that Danny Ainge was determined not to give $100 million to because he knew that was stupid? So, I mean, we got to walk away from this. I Look, I, playing with the losing the tooth, with the death in the family, I respect him. You know, he's a solid, solid man. I respect that dude. But he is not a great basketball part player. Of the line. And this team is too good to try to put him in and give minutes and, and take minutes from somebody, man. He's just not good enough. Like, I hate to say that, but he's just not good enough. I'll say this. I, I, I'll say this. Go ahead, Jordan. Oh, go ahead, Nick. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. No, no, you um, the, the biggest point I'll say to that is uh, I said this last year. Everyone was like, "What is? why are you holding on to Derrick Rose? Like, you know, he, he's kind of wasting a roster spot. You should kind of let him go. And now a year later, uh, even, even the, the sense of the end of last year, but a year later, Derrick Rose is a huge piece. Um, to what the Timberwolves uh, are doing in, in the idea of their winning success. To me, right now, just hold on to Isaiah Thomas. Like I said, 
in in-game situations where you need a bucket and you're looking for someone who can get you that bucket, Isaiah Thomas is, is showed you with that game the other night um, that he's capable of, of hitting um, a, a big shot when you need it. And we still have to remember, like, Isaiah Thomas didn't fall off of a cliff. Like, the idea was he got injured, then he switched teams, then he switched teams again. So it's like he, he hasn't been in a stable situation where he can kind of, you know, mold with guys, kind of mesh with guys, get healthy, um, and get back on the court. So it's not like we're seeing Isaiah Thomas go from 30 points a game to where now he's like a shell of himself. He has to get back to himself, and we haven't actually had given him a chance to do that yet. Um, and I think he could be valuable for the Nuggets, especially with the amount of youth that that, that, that team has. Having veterans who are good at scoring is never a bad thing, and it's never something you should trash um, heading into this. Like, if this was back in October and you're kind of like, ah, he's kind of taking out the spot, you know, maybe we'll let him No, no, no. Heading into the playoffs, that is the exact kind of player you want on a youthful team, uh, a veteran who can score the ball. And like a lot of people said, he's not, a, he's not bad in the locker room. Uh, you know, he's not a guy that's going to make your young players feel like crap um, so he can get more minutes. So as long as he's not doing any of those things, why, why not hold on to him? Um, he's not wasting a roster spot, and he has just shown you he can add to that team offensively when you need it. So just hold on to him, and like I said, use him when you need him. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't hurt is what I'm saying. You don't have to necessarily I'll- take minutes away from someone, but as someone starts to struggle, in that one or two spot um, heading into the end of the game, it doesn't hurt to be able to look over and point at his number and, and, and bring him in to help you out offensively. Yeah, I would, I would, let me bridge the gap here because I, I agree with both of you to a certain extent. Um, like, I, I definitely, again, I don't want to give him minutes over Monty Morris. Like, Morris mm-hmm. has been so fucking good for that team this year. Um, so, like, but... Denver has battled injuries throughout the entirety of the season. So, like, if if you can use him as, like, that plug-in guy, um, like, fine. Like, totally use him as that. But if you're 100% healthy, I got to agree. I, I, I'm sorry. Um, what's your name, man? Nas. Nas. I got to agree with Nas, man. Like, dude, you can't, you can't put him in over these guys who have, played together all season and, and like gelled well and like have built themselves up to uh, a two seed. You can't, you can't put him in over that. However, like I, I agree with you, Juwan, like you keep him around and you know, like he can be like a plug and play guy. And if he can like catch lightning in a bottle, like for a particular game, he, he could be like a dude who gets you, like 20-something points in a playoff game and ends up being the reason you win the game. Um, now, he's obviously a defensive liability, um, as Nas pointed out. Like, dude, that's that's something you have to take into account. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, there's a million reasons why um, I, I would have preferred him on another team. I, I, I yeah. still don't understand why he did not sign with New Orleans. Because, like, to me, like, him on New Orleans would have made so much more sense. Like, you could just – like, him being the, like, 
quintessential backup to Peyton would have made perfect sense uh, to me with that lineup. Um, but, you know, well, that wasn't in the cards. Yeah, he even exactly. got all the shots he could stomach on that second team. Now, okay, well, but here's what we did. That's not what happened. But here's, right, but, but here's where we differ on this. For one, I, I think the, the premise of he didn't fall off the cliff, I think that's the problem, that we think the heights of his Boston days was the cliff. No, I'm saying that was artificially inflated numbers based on that ridiculous usage rate. That's not the player that he is. He's more in line with what he was throughout his career. But we take that Indeed. one season and try to extrapolate, and I, I think that that's a huge mistake with that guy. So my thing is this. You guys are right. It's best to have him as a last resort if somebody gets hurt or if somebody just has the yips because it's a playoff. We've seen Kyle Lowry do it, so it, and he comes in, and, you know, that would be good. My thing is, is he good with that? Being the 11th man on the team, hoping to get in if somebody gets hurt or doesn't perform, is he good with that? Because this is a guy He's who gets out on that big payday and also knows that his career is really, really dependent on how this season goes, you know, going forward as far as what kind of contracts he's going to be offered. Right. And I have a hard time believing he's going to be good with that, man. Playing the good soldier, well, I, I doubt it. The, which the thing which is, is why I think he should have signed in New Orleans. Like, the thing of him in, but, in Denver hey, now No is, one knew Monty Morris was going to be the fucking stud that he is. So, like, we'll, yep, we'll, you know, yep. we'll throw that out there. But I will true. say right now, right now, that's something that Malone, I'm pretty sure, made clear to him before the season started. Like, no one – I don't think Malone ever uh, let him think he was going to be a starter. Um, so Malone no, kind of let him know, like, what his role was, and it's not – Malone didn't sound like, oh, you're injured, so, like, of course you're not going to be the starter. you got to get healthy. But once you're healthy, we're going to put you in that st- – no, I don't think that was ever a conversation those two had. I think the conversation was – you need to show people you are okay with any role an NBA team gives you. Meaning, if you want any semblance of decent money to, to stay on an NBA team, you have to be able to play ball. And, and that's the reason Melo does not have a team at this very moment. He was never willing to play ball with the idea of you have to fit in where you can get it. And the idea of you being a superstar at this age has to completely leave your mind. And I think that's the conversation Malone had with Isaiah. So it's like heading into the playoffs, you've just seen what we were able to do with you not on the court at all. So it's like yeah, don't, yeah, but, uh, don't, first day employee and 90 days later employee are two different things. Uh, I believe he was willing <laughs> to agree so with true. anything walking in the door. You know what I mean? No, <laughs> no I, I agree with what you're saying, but in the sense of you saying, like, is he okay with it, I'm saying – there's there's nothing that was promised to him or anything that's that's different now, um, in the sense yeah. of what this team is looking to do. So it's not like the team w- was misleading him, was misinforming him. The idea of what he's doing now is exactly what this team signed him to do, and that's just where he gets in offensively. Um, so all I'm saying is I don't disagree with you. I don't think he should be taking minutes from anyone uh, on this team. I'm just saying a player like him, uh, who is a veteran, who can score, uh, I don't think you get rid of it. You hold on to it, and you use them when you need them. Uh, like I said, these are young guys. At some point in the playoffs, it's going to show that they're young guys. We saw the Celtics run into that 
game seven against uh, Cleveland, against LeBron, rather. I, I don't consider Cleveland a team. It's LeBron. Um, but you saw them running through <laughs> it. They hit a point to where they couldn't buy a bucket, and youth was starting to hit them. They couldn't figure out other ways to score. So to have a veteran on that team who could come in and initiate that offense is never a bad thing to have. So if I'm the Denver Nuggets, I'm looking to be a Swiss Army knife and Isaiah to be one of the, you know, one of the knives that are in that are in the the whole thing. So it's like just keep him on the bench, use him where you need him. Just as simple. He's not taking minutes away. Just use him where you need him. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, well, the tweezers we'll see, part. We'll see how this plays he's out. like that part Denver's that you pull out before. on the backside of the knife, and you and he <laughs> has the like the like chopper part. Yeah, he's that part. <laughs> right, right, right. Hey, Denver's seen this before. A couple of years ago, Andre Miller did this, so Andre was able to pull it off. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. good luck to the little to the little guy. But uh, I don't know, man. We'll see how this plays out, man. Because Malone is. He ain't the friendliest guy out there either, and I don't think he's going to word this nicely to make you feel better. So at a certain point, man, he's going to have to swallow a whole lot of humble pie, and we'll see how he handles it, man. Yeah, very true. Hey, Nas, thanks for the call, man. Hey, by the way, who's your team? I'm down here in Atlanta, man, so you know. (laughs) Hey, yeah, me too, man. That's right, Trey Young. The team who ain't got sense enough to lose. Yeah, what do you do with That's that? That's right. Hey, well, hey, I, 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 I'll tell you what. Like, I'm all about the tank. I'm all about the tank for Zion. Um, and Jawan is a Knicks fan, so he's got a front row seat to the tank for Zion. Uh, but I'll tell you this. I was so happy to beat LeBron James the other night. And fucking <laughs> Kobe's better. Like, that shit was so fucking dope, dude. It, it was, man, but at a certain point, it's like, okay, we should have took Luca if we weren't going to tank. Like, why did we come yeah. out here with this little, this little uh, Toy Story tank when the Knicks were rolling out a German Sherman Panzer? Like, anything <laughs> like they made a tank. Amen. They wasn't playing. Like, what, what the hell are we doing? Yeah. Makes no sense. Yeah, they even traded so, their best player like to get like a bunch of fucking assets and cap space. Like, yeah, they they they're full on tank. Um, yeah, no, nah, I mean, I feel you. I I was always, uh, uh, and Jawan can uh, attest to this, I was always Team Luca. I thought it was a big mistake for us not taking Luca. Um, but, you know, we are where we are, and uh, I, I like what I've seen out of Trey. I think Trey has been the second best rookie of this season. I think he's been better than DeAndre Ayton. I think he's been better than uh, um, uh, Marvin Bagley. I think the only person you can argue that has, uh, been better than him this season as far as a rookie is concerned is uh, Jaron Jackson. He ain't even starting on his team. Um, yeah, because he fouls like, out just, every just, half. Yeah, look, look yeah, I, I, exactly. I like Trey, too. I, I, like, I'm, I wasn't mad at the trade when it happened because I said, okay, Luca's going to be good. I was. But if Dude, we I, do I this right. I had a right, meltdown live on air, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, right, I was right. like, but look, we, we, we covered if you we get covered Trey the draft live, and I was like, I fucking oh, broke yeah, I down, dude. I was like, this. oh, my God, why are we doing this? Like, I did. Especially because I didn't right, even right, have the but, pick but protection. Look, but look, like, the only way it makes sense, and then you tank out so you get make sure that those two picks are high-value right. picks. Yeah. Not just, yeah. hey, we're, we're building a culture. Hey, man, I ain't got time for building a culture here. I remember the yeah. Josh Smith, Joe Johnson mediocrity days. Yeah, trying to do the thing yeah. like Philly, man. Don't don't do this. Let me right. tell you. I know you guys got a no, show to do. Man, I feel I you. I can do this forever, so let me stop. Uh, I feel you. 
I'm Cap space me damn like fucking trade for assets. Get as many draft picks as you can possibly get. Like, no, I, I even right. said that. I said that about the fucking the the Dwight Howard trade, and like I don't think that was a good trade, uh, just because of the you know we didn't do anything with Bellinelli, and I said the same thing about like fucking uh you know taking Jeremy Lin and and letting Denver uh trade all of those expiring contracts to to Brooklyn and letting them get that first round pick from Denver instead of us just being like hey no nah, no nah, we'll just take that fucking pick like give us the expiring contracts of Kenneth Fareed and Jarrell Arthur like just, we don't fucking care who they are like just yeah well we want the pick right. um and and then we didn't do and anything with Jeremy Lin, Jeremy Lin we bought about he went to fucking Toronto <laughs> man, like what the hell? Yeah, man. yeah. So, no, nah, man, I feel most Hawks fans feel the same way as you, brother. But yeah, y'all have a good show and uh, do your thing. I'm gonna pull y'all up online and listen to the rest of the show, man. So have a good one. All right, Appreciate bro. it. Appreciate it. All right, man. Yep. Take it easy, man. All right, Jordan. Uh, let's get into uh, our final topics here. Uh, we got about 20 minutes left, a little less. Uh, I went ahead and cut the Canner topic. And as Canner joined the Blazers, it is what it is, man. He'll get some playing time there. You know, like, it's – I mean, there's there's probably some other teams that he could have joined that would have made more sense. I do think it's funny that he shunned the Lakers. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> he joined the Blazers instead. Yeah, that is so hilarious. I, I didn't want to mention that. <laughs> um, but, like, uh, let's talk about the more interesting signing. Marquise Morris uh, joining the Thunder. Um, I like it. I really like this fit. I think he fits um, this team. He can play the Patrick Patterson minutes. He can also play, like, some small ball center um, when you want him to do that, depending on, like, the lineup formation. Um, I think he can get, like, 16 to 24 minutes a game, like, somewhere in that range, probably slightly more on the side of that 16. Um but he can be really good for, for them in, in, in spurts. I I really like this pickup for them. I think it, it could go a long way as to kind of filling out their depths. Um I I don't necessarily think it's like the, the most important position. I would have maybe preferred for them to get like a wing guy, but like there's just not those guys available. Um but hey, Omri Caspi's still available, so you could go get him. Um, uh, but no, I mean, I, I do like it. I, I like Marky Morris. I think it's a good signing. What do you think? I love it. Um, <laughs> you're, you're saying Cassie's still out there. I am, to be completely honest with you, and this is going to be completely biased. I'm still shocked no one has, like, signed Mello. Like, I mean, I, I know of right. teams in the Western Conference. Yeah, could you imagine even how funny would it how funny would it have been if OKC was like, hey, we'll sign you, fella. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take you back, man. We'll take you back. Will you will uh, you finally do the role we wanted you to do in the first time? <laughs> <laughs> no, because now he'd be even more uh, he'd be more even more upset because it's kind of like you could, you could have just kept me and we could have just figured it out, but I don't think that <laughs> that would work out well between them. But as far as Morris. Um, I love no. it. Uh, he has grit. He has grit that, that goes with Russell Westbrook, um, and, and I love that. Uh, I love the idea of someone having the attitude to where it's like, I want to win. Like, I, I've been losing too much, and if you could say some of the teams uh, Morris has been on, he's experienced losing, unlike his brother, um, and he kind of just wants to win. 
So he has that mentality to where he's going to put his head down um, and, and work and grind. And I think he's going to be really good addition, not only offensively, but definitely defensively. I don't think he's going to hurt you defensively. Um, and, and I think he could definitely help out that bench a little bit uh, with, with Nerlens, uh and those guys. I'm, I'm watching Patterson now against the Pelicans. I'm just like, yeah, they got to get that guy out of there. <laughs> like, they got to give his minutes to somebody like uh, like Morris. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a really good signing. But I'm still going to stick to the fact that if you're the Lakers, it can't hurt to sign Carmelo Anthony at this point. Like, it literally could not hurt you. Um, and I who agree. Knows, it might help you try to lock up that A seed. So, if I'm the Lakers, go get them. It's not going to make you any worse than you are right now. There's nobody else left. Like, Marky Morris is your last guy who is better than Melo. Like, there's nobody yeah. left. So you might as well. Yeah. You you already fucking got rid of Beasley, who like I would have argued like I would have just kept Beasley, but you traded him already. So you might as well fucking go get Mello. Um, and that's so weird to me. Like I don't understand how the Lakers trade Zubats for essentially Zubats uh, for fucking Mascala. Like I don't. I mean, I get like maybe you don't want to re-sign Zubats, but dude, his cap hold would have been so insignificant. He He's only making like, I don't know, like $1.3 million this year. You multiply that by like 2. Uh, 250%. Like that's nothing. That is that, – that cap hold is not going to keep you from signing a, a max free agent in the offseason. Um, I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. And if somebody like, give, like gives him a huge offer, like let him go, but – you know, like you could have um, kept him and still been able to sign a max free agent. Um, and then uh, if you did sign a max free agent, you could have re-signed him to like a, you know, a, a you know, reasonable uh, like three or four year deal um, as it, if nothing else, a very solid backup center. Um, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't get that trade at all. That's like the worst I trade of the trade deadline. You know, I was a huge fan of Zubak. He's playing really well for the Lakers, yes. um, like surprisingly well. So I was just like, mm-hmm. wait, what? You're talking about you want to win and you're getting rid of someone who's giving you production, but you're going to give those minutes right. to Tyson Chandler? Like that to me was just yeah. it was weird. It was weird. He could he could score and he was he was uh, uh, defending really well. So it was just like one things Javel and Tyson don't give you. I was confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. me too. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I'm agree. I totally agree with you. Marky Morris is going to be a good good pickup for them. Um, we'll we'll see how he fits in, but I I mean I I project him to be able to fit in well. All right, let's talk about his MVP race, man. Giannis, Harden, Paul George. Um, I I I still lean towards Giannis, uh, but Paul George is probably my second now. Um, with Harden being my third, that, that honestly the reason like there's multiple reasons why Harden's my third. Um, but like granted, like he is he dude, I I don't want to um uh, like gloss over what Harden has done this season because Harden has been amazing this year. Like offensively, he he's putting up some of like arguably the best offensive game since the fucking merger. Like, he, that good. Like, that good. 
um, if nothing else, um, like inarguably, he's putting up the best offensive year since Kobe's uh, should have been MVP year when Steve Nash won it ahead of him when he threw up 81 uh, in a season. Um, but, like, dude, Harden's been great, but fucking Paul George and Giannis have just been consistently great, and they both play tenacious defense. Like, Paul George should be the defensive player of the year. If he's not, I'm going to fucking riot. Uh, and Giannis, like, the fucking Bucks have the best defensive rating of any team in the NBA. Um, and he's a big part of that. Uh, obviously, like, Bledsoe and Middleton also factor in a lot there. Uh, whereas Paul George doesn't have as much defensive help, though. Jerry Grant is um, not Jerry, and uh, Jeremy Grant is a very good defensive player as well. Um, but out of these three players, who seem to be like the the the, the final three, who do you got out of these guys as your um, as of right now? Like, not that it won't change, but as of right now, who do you got as your MVP? Right now, I'm going to go with. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going with Paul George. Um, we spoke a little bit. We spoke a little bit earlier. Uh, my biggest thing for Paul George is one, he is not only exceeding expectations um, for the contract that he was given, but he's exceeding expectations for what people thought he wasn't for turning down going to the Lakers, which was a right. standout, uh, a standout player, like someone who could be the guy to lead the team mm. to the big game. Right. Uh, Everybody I assumed wanna, he's going back to OKC. He can't be the guy. Right, right. I want to first personally apologize. I didn't think he had it in him. Now, I didn't get my ideas from left field. I, I didn't just judge him out of nowhere. Uh, he was playing as if he never wanted to be the guy. Um, and he stepped it up this year. He stepped it up this year. And the biggest reason why I want him to win it, besides the fact that he obviously deserves it, is because if Paul George doesn't win it now, he won't ever win. Uh, the same way people felt for Harden last year, that if he didn't win it then, this was really hard to ever find a point where he would win it. Giannis is super young. He will have plenty of time to win numerous MVPs. Um, and James Harden just won one. So we know how the NBA loves parity um, in, uh, in the sense of MVPs, <laughs> not finals champions. Um, and I think Paul George has made a very big claim. And the biggest reason why, Nick, is his commitment on defense. Like, he doesn't have the, the natural gift that Giannis does at length. Like, I don't know if we think Giannis is as great of a defender if he didn't have that amazing length. Like, he's just yeah. so long. Um, Paul George is working with less in the idea of his steals. Uh, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, his actual he's defensive. Got a lot of length, though. He's 6'9", and he's kind no, of he a does, huge he does. wingspan. He does. Not I'm not saying Giannis, Kyrie. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, but, yeah, I think what Paul George is doing, the assists are up, the, the steals are up, the, the rebounds, and he's almost averaging Everything 30 points a game. The guy is a monster. And here's the last thing I want to say, so I'll pass it right back to you, Nick. Let's not forget, if you look at the standings, OKC is only a few games from actually trying to take first place in the West. That is what yeah. Paul George was able to do with this OKC team that has not changed drastically roster-wise, just mentality-wise. And the biggest change came from Paul George from last year to this year, 
he is my uh, MVP for this season. Yeah, and and as weird as it sounds, um, <laughs> I think, and he he totally won't be because the the way that the the, the award is given, um, but despite his terrible shooting and despite, um, I mean, I, I, I well, I guess mostly just his terrible shooting, um, I would throw out at least an argument for Russell Westbrook to be most improved player. Like the fact that he is, has been able to like give Paul George, like the free reign and to focus on facilitating and playing better defense and all of the things that go with Paul George being able to have the season that he's had. Like Russell Westbrook has been a huge contributing factor in that regard um, and I mean, it's pretty much these two guys, like they, I mean, there's no other, even close to all-star talent on that team. You could argue Steven Adams, but like, a, you look at all the centers in the league, like I fucking love Steven Adams. I, I constantly want to put him on an all NBA team every chance I get. And I can't <laughs> do it because there's just too many good centers in today's day and age. I mean, you got Joel Embiid, you got fucking uh, Anthony Davis, you got uh, fucking uh, Nikola Jokic. Like, I mean, just right there, there's your one, two, three. Uh, anyway, you want to fucking divide them. Uh, like, there's just no way you could, like, even consider him. Like, he's never going to make an all-star team. Um, but he's really good. Uh, but nevertheless, like, dude, like, Westbrook has, like, it, it, like basically – developed his game to to facilitate Paul George being what he's able to do. And 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 I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that like Russell Westbrook learned from um having Kevin Durant and losing Kevin Durant and 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 basically being like, how do I have to um make this kind of player, which Paul George is a Kevin Durant esque player. Um, it's especially, right. I mean, he, he is having, if nothing else, he's having a Kevin Durant-esque, uh, OKC-esque season. Um, that all the numbers back it up. Um, but, like, he is, is, is basically like, how do I make this guy better? Um, how do I help him become, you know, uh, an a MVP candidate? And he has done it, and I think that is a a huge contributing factor uh, to their team. I still have Giannis, um, simply like not necessarily as who I want to win it, because I'm with you. I want Paul George to win it, like I really do. Um, but I mean, Giannis still has best record in the East going for him. Uh, the Bucks have the best defense in the uh, league. Um, Giannis has all of the necessary stats. I mean, if, if, if you're juggling stats between, um, like, just overall stats, not any sort of narrative record or anything, because Harden's got the narrative right now with all of his, you know, consecutive 30-point games and all that jazz, um, and, it, and his 400-point through 10-game span, like, that whole thing. Um, I think he's got the narrative this year. 
but he won it last year, so that hurts him in a weird way. Uh, but I think that, you know, if you're looking at it from, you know, the stats perspective, they're all in, in line with each other, those three players. I think um, Giannis having the best team in the East certainly benefits him to no doubt, and I think that is why I ultimately think he will win the award. Um, but fuck, man, I I can't argue with any of the three. I really can't. Like, if you try to make an argument for any of the three and you, like, throw all these stats at me, I'm going to be like, eh, like I, I, can't, I can't tell you you're wrong <laughs> because any of those three guys, like, are totally deserving. Um, but I would love Paul George to win it just because going into the season, like, we totally expected Harden to, like, get back to where he was and to be that player. We totally expected Giannis to make, like, a, a slight jump and, um, you know, uh, with Bud coming in, we, we maybe not expected him to be a first team in the East, but we expected him to like, be better than they were last year uh, with Kid running the helm. Um, none of us expected Paul George to be this fucking good. And, like, there's something romantic about that. And I would just love to see Paul George fucking bring home the bacon and, you know, fucking get that award. That would be fucking – we're going to close it out here. Uh, anything else you want to bring up, Juwan, before we ship uh, off? Um, <clears throat> one really quick thing. What makes the four teams, the four big teams, or three big teams, rather, in the East, uh, so interesting, four rather, sorry, is the idea that you have two out of the four that just can't beat each other. Um, you have, for some reason, Raptors can't beat Milwaukee, <laughs> and Sixers right. can't beat Celtics. So if any of those <laughs> matchups pan out, it's going to be really interesting um, to see oh, if dude, they can, in the so playoffs, get over, that, get over that hump. So that's going to be really interesting, but yeah, those top four teams, it, it's going to be a fun one to watch in the Eastern Conference this year. Yeah, and we're going to have to really fucking, like, go in depth on this next week. I think this will be our first topic next week um, because it, 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 we have to really delve into this. Um, but, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. It's it's really interesting. Um, I, I think – in what is interest, what is really interesting about it is like obviously your 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 top two seeds are going to be Milwaukee and Toronto in any given um you know uh, format, and then you're gonna have probably Boston and Philly um as your three and four you know in any given format, um, and I think those matchups are gonna be really interesting because I think Philly matches up really a lot better with Milwaukee than they do Toronto because of the Gasol uh, trade and how he could play against Embiid. Um, and then Boston, like, I don't really know who they match up well against. I know they match up well <laughs> against Philly, but other than that, I don't know. Like, I don't know who they would rather have out of those, out of Milwaukee or Toronto. So, yeah, it's going to, the East is going to be so much fucking fun this year. It's going to be great. Uh, but anyway, join us next week. Uh, we're going to be back uh, Tuesday, 7 o'clock. Uh, join us then. Uh, and, of course, join us Sunday for Geek Vibes Live at 8 o'clock. We'll see you then. Until then, peace. Peace.